Hey, you're listening to Drawing the Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about uncertainty. What a great topic to start out 2021, Roman. Let's do it. Episode 13, Brad. We're here, Lucky 13. Yes. I made it through COVID. We have recorded an episode before this, obviously, and now we're here. Right. And this one's a little bit interesting. And why don't you tell everybody that's listening why? Well, I I like this one. Of course, the last episode that we did on divine violence, um, I think, you know, probably raised as many questions as it answered, perhaps, yeah, no, for probably. people. And so it sort of left me in a place of thinking about this topic of uncertainty and certainty as it relates to faith mm-hmm. and it re- relates to um, religion and how we view God, how we view spirituality. You know, mm-hmm. what, what importance is there or, or how important is it for us to be certain of things, Yeah, to be convinced of things, um, or is there room for us to be uncertain or to have questions or to have doubts and how do those sort of work together? So I thought it might make sense to transition from talking about such a a difficult uh, topic like divine violence. And as we talked about last week, this idea of theodicy or defending God and looking at certain areas of scripture that are sort of tough to comprehend, tough to understand, tough to process. Um, so I think we wanted to go in that direction and just see, see where it, uh, see where it leads. Yeah. And and I think that we can probably start off by saying that there is a unifying idea here that at some point everyone is uncertain, um, even, and, and, and about their faith, like specifically and, and not maybe as, excuse me, maybe not as. Um, as, as far, maybe as uncertain as far as some people go, but at some point, I think that there is a, a questioning of, I don't, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say specifically about God, but about things that they read in scripture, things that they hear, maybe the minister or their teacher say, um, or, you know, just within themselves. You know, I, I think about the idea of like, okay, well, if, if I'm incapable of doing, you know, whatever, right. Then, you know, you know, how capable is God if he didn't give me those abilities, right? And if I can't get that done, then how powerful is God? And so, you know, I, I think that there is a maybe a, an awkward, you know, comforting feeling that kind of comes from the idea that at some point everyone is uncertain about something when it comes to their faith. Well, so you bring up an interesting point when you say everyone at some point. I mean, I might go a step further and say if we're being honest you know, th- there is uncertainty that that arises. I mean, for myself, I, I will say there's uncertainty that not only has been at certain points, but that arises yeah. at, at maybe even at regular intervals and maybe uncertainty arounding, around certain subjects. So one thing, I, I guess, if we'll start off thinking about, if we think about faith, and I'm not even really defining faith, I'm just talking about sort of our, our spiritual journey. Yeah. Um, do let me ask you this question do you think in in your mind if you were to graph it right, <laughs> right okay. if you're going to put it on a graph um do you become more and more and more and more and more certain over time is it like a 
on the X and Y axis? Oh, right. Is it like coming up to where mm-hmm. there's there's never any dips? Yeah. It's it's always increasing. You know, ten ten years later, it, you're always more certain about every aspect of your faith than you were 10 years earlier or five years earlier. How, how do you experience that? Well, I mean, I would, I would love for that to be the way that, you know, the whole like Y equals MX plus B slope intercept form. All, all of you all that are really in the math know what I'm talking about. And I'm sure Brad does too, but I would love to say that there is this, you know, you know, positive upward swing continuously throughout my life. But I would be lying if I said that was the truth. Um, so maybe even, so for you, you say that's not the case. I can tell you guaranteed right now, that's not been the case with oh, me. Yeah. It's much more a, a complex function, sure. right? If we're going to the math analogy. Right. But I guess maybe one big question that we're asking tonight or wanting to explore is, is it even, um, is that ideal, right? Is that what it's supposed to be? Because I think that sometimes maybe the, the classes or the teaching or, or the impression that can be left with people who, who go to church regularly and are mm-hmm. sit in Bible class regularly or sit and listen to sermons regularly is that that's what it should look like. Yeah. So that if you're, you know, whether you're plotting faith or plotting certainty, um, you know, it's like faith and certainty go this way and sin goes this way, right? Yeah. And so, you, you know, at the point, and, and then at the point of death, you sort of reach your apex mm-hmm. of, of faith and knowledge and belief and certainty, and you reach the nadir of sin and right. and whatever, and doubt, and all those things go away. So I, I think that is a big question I want us to think about is whether actually that's what we see born out in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Is that what we see born out in scripture? Right. I think we're going to talk about a couple of oh, examples in, in scripture tonight. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think that it's important that we, that we know that um, we're not the only ones that are consistently inconsistent. Um, I think that that is a, a key um, idea within scripture. Uh, you know, we, we can look at, at, at Hebrews 11, um, where if you're, you know, if you're looking at the new American standard, um, I have it pulled up here so I can just read it so that I don't get it wrong. Um, it says now faith is the certainty of things, uh, hoped for, uh, proof of things not seen. And obviously we, we use, we're using the new American standard because it uses the word certainty right, there, but, but I right. also, I mean, I, I like, I like that wording, uh, but Hebrews 11 is, you know, the faith chapter. People talk about it all the time as the faith chapter for the most part, right? And, you know, I one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and I don't know if you're supposed to have favorites, but I have one, and it's Moses. And um, if you know anything about, if, if you know anything about Moses, you know that he led the Israelites out of Egypt and um, did some pretty incredible things through that. And it talks about him in Hebrews 11, uh, starting in verse 23. Um, and it talks about the incredible things that he did from being, you know, hidden at birth to, you know, taking the Israelites out of Egypt. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a beautiful story, but it, for, for Moses, it wasn't this like, oh yes, I got this. No big deal. It wasn't that straight line graph no, that we were talking absolutely about. Absolutely not. It looked probably for him more like a roller coaster, which is, which is incredible because he saw things, he saw the power of God, like firsthand. Well, a roller coaster with like 40 year detours, right? Like, okay, I I murdered this Egyptian. Let me go escape Mm -hmm. for 40 years until the burning bush. Right. Yeah. So he has these 40 year segments of his life where things 
and, and it's not until the, really the last 40 years where, you mm-hmm. know, kind of what the chapter 11 is talking about yeah, there in Hebrews. Absolutely. And, and I think that's important to note is that it, it, it gets into the, you know, if you just read Hebrews 11, you would think that Moses was like one of the faith, most faithful individuals of all time, never had any questions, never have any doubts. He was always certain about everything, right? Not true. You go to Exodus chapter three and Moses is like, who am I to be able to take the Israelites out of Egypt? Yeah, I, I don't like, I am, who am I? I, I have, I don't have skill set. I don't have the skill set. I can't speak well. I mean, I, I, you know, he has all these, he has these, all these questions. He's questioning what God is telling him to do. Well, he says, just pick somebody else. Right, like, exactly. Ultimately, so, after all the excuses come. So the, the uncertainty is within himself, obviously, but I think that that, that, that entails an uncertainty within the faith that what, that what God can do, you know, and, and maybe that's not fair. It's, you know, seems like, but, but it's also sort of the truth, right? Because if we 100%, you know, trusted and had this, this certainty that, that God will provide, that he is the Jehovah Jireh for whatever that we need, right? Then right. that uncertainty in ourself would go away. I, I don't know. See, I don't know about that. I, I hear what you're saying, but I almost wonder if God uses the uncertainty to change us, to grow us, to build us. In other words, if... Um, maybe the uncertainty functions to move us from one level of trust to another level of trust. Let's say that you trust God. Let's say you're a, you're a, an adolescent, you trust yeah. God, but then you lose your parent sure. as an adolescent. Okay. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden your, your whole world has been rocked. Yeah. And the, the certainty and the trust that you had in God is shaken. Mm-hmm. And so now you have to learn to trust and be certain in God all over again. Right. But the God that you now trust in is in some ways, hopefully I don't sound heretical to say this, in some ways a different God because the God you trusted before was not the God who allowed parents to die, mm-hmm. but the God you trust now is a God who allows parents to die like that's a that's a new that's that's a new construct and and i'm not saying i'm not trying to say that you know one version of god is better than another version it's just that for each of us i know in a lot of the podcasts in the past i keep going back to our own experiences yeah right and so i think in our own experiences i think it is many times experiences that trigger our uncertainty. You know, you talked about Moses, if we're reading in Hebrews chapter 11, it's like, wow, he's what an amazing giant of faith, right? Yeah. And, and I think maybe folks who go to church every week and see, you know, the, the people who go up in front of the church, the, the people in leadership roles, they just assume, oh, wow, you know, because they're, you know, wearing a tie or because they're, you know, their, their family gets, showered and dressed and shows up here on time that they've got it together and yeah. they they don't look like they have any uncertainty right. they don't look like they have any doubt mm-hmm. and so i think a lot of times at least within in faith communities people are walking around like like they're the moses of hebrews chapter 11 yeah. when the reality is there's probably more doubt and uncertainty underneath the surface and so i just want (laughs) to i want to acknowledge that that that's out there and i don't want to sort of start from the proposition that 
if you are experiencing that doubt and uncertainty, mm-hmm. that there's something wrong with you or oh, you yeah. are not in the place God wants you to be. That's the part I, that's the pressure point I really want to, I really want to push in on mm-hmm. is, is it possible that the reason you are experiencing doubt and uncertainty is because the divine is moving you or, or maybe even breaking apart or deconstructing one version yeah. of God or one version of faith that is not that is not as accurate as the version you're maybe moving into. Well, yeah, I think that that, that, that brings in a, a, a good point. It transitions well into what I wanted to talk about next is the idea that, you know, you, you know we're talking about these people in, in Hebrews 11 and that you can go back and, and, and look at some of their stories and they weren't, it wasn't this, you know, straight line of, of you know, certain faith the whole way, right? There was, there was some roller coasters, there were some really highs and lows for, for, for these individuals. And... <clears throat> And when we read Hebrews 11, this is after the, you know they're they're done. They have they have passed away, right? Um, that we read them as these great you know pillars of faith, these individuals of faith that are incredible. And for me, that means or or that speaks to me that our life is not measured in moments of certainty or uncertainty. It is a journey, right? Um, you know, I, that sounds I, like a t-shirt. It does sound like that, right? It does, <laughs> man. We should, we could think about that merch. Uh, yes, for merch, merch coming soon. Um, I don't know that for sure. I shouldn't have said that out loud, but, <laughs> but I, I think that that is, that is so vital and, and, and a thought that I need, um, because I liked, and yet again, I mean, I've said this in podcasts and episodes before that, um, whenever I think about, you know, when I'm putting together things that I want to talk about for each episode, I, I really try to look inward at, um, how, how this topic has affected my life or how I can, you know, pour myself out into whatever we're, lo- we're looking at. And, right. you know, if, if I, I, at least I, I pray and hope, and I truly believe that God doesn't look at my life in moments, but he looks at, he looks at, at the whole totality, right? He looks at my heart and really where it's at. Because I mean, if we were to look at David's life in moments, whew, that would be, that would be, he, it could get real messy for him real quick. But at the end of it all, David is a man after God's own heart. Right. And, and so for me, I need I, I, I need that knowledge. I need that understanding. And it sounds like that maybe it's helpful for you to have these examples of people who had mm-hmm. um, these tumultuous journeys in their life, the, the faith examples. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to the, the minister uh, here uh, this past week about David, for example, who you know was a man after God's own heart, but you know, speaking of divine violence, he also, what was the song? Saul had killed his thousands, David his tens of thousands. Oh, yeah. He was also uh, like a warlord, right? He was a he was a, a warrior. Yeah. And because of that, even though, you know, a lot of times he was doing what God told him to do or the scripture said to do or, or where, where he what he felt led to do or that he needed to do, you know, he's like, Look, God, I want to build your temple. And God's like, eh, you know what? You got too much blood on your hands. You're right. not building my temple. I'm gonna let your son do it, right? Yeah. So even David, um, I don't know. It's you pick your character, mm-hmm. um, and and you can see these different um, trajectories in their life. What I wanted to to do is in that I want to go back to that Hebrews chapter one because if you're 
You know, if you're an evangelical or, or you're somebody who studies scripture, if we say the word faith or if we say doubt or uncertainty, I mean, Hebrews 11, one is where you're going, right? Right. Like yeah. that, that's, that's where you're going. Well, I wanted to, I looked a little closer at this verse and I know you went the new American standard version cause it used that word certainty. Yeah. But the word faith there, I found really interesting. It's a, you know, the Greek word, I think the word is pistis. Mm -hmm. And that word actually is is often uh, translated trust. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is a difference, in my mind at least, there is a difference in trust, in trusting someone or trusting in something than than the way maybe we conceive of an intellectual faith. Mm -hmm. Like I think sometimes for us, faith is at least in part, if, if you, it's at least in part uh, has to do with intellectual ascent. And I've used this phrase before, but the way that the furniture is arranged in our head. Oh, yeah. yep. So that, you know, if you, if you say, not, not, not you particularly, but, but in some religious circles, if you say, well, is that person a person of faith? That shorthand for, is that person, is, is that person a person who agrees with our tribe theologically on points a b c d e f g how how strongly do they believe all these different aspects of of god of faith of tradition that is what faith means but for me trust is much more amorphous when i think about trust i think about children and i think about how children trust their parents, but how children are just very trusting of adults. I mean, it's why we have to be so protective of children. It's why we have laws about it, right? Mm -hmm. It's why we, you know, we keep, you know, don't talk to strangers. It's because when somebody comes up and they say, Hey, you know, come help me find my puppy or come get ice cream with me or something. Mm -hmm. Kids are trusting. So I, I do think though, this concept of trust and the fact that faith there in Hebrews one can actually be understood as trust mm-hmm. that it's maybe a different way to relate to God mm-hmm. because like when a kid, I think about my, you know, my boys are teenagers now, but when they were much younger, if I told them we were going to do something or we were going to go somewhere or something was going to happen, they trusted me. Now they had no comprehension on about how it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, okay, dad's going to work, you know, overtime for the next two weeks to make this happen. Or dad's going to do this or mom's going to do this in order to make, they just trust mm-hmm. that dad said it's going to happen and it's going to happen. So it's like, it's almost like it's not just happening up in the head. It's like happening in the heart. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's why consistently um, God is referred to as, you know, Abba Father. Because there is a an understanding there of exactly what you're talking about is the idea of that you know you know child to you know parent relationship that is understandable, right? Because obviously we you know we've talked about the idea of you know even last week we talked about the idea or I say last week it got posted today right uh, um, right the idea of of like God is mysterious and His ways are mysterious yeah, yeah. and it's really hard to fully you know grasp God right and so you know the 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 authors try to put it into you know you know scenarios or situations that that can be comprehended and so to to think of God as Dad is much more understandable for me and for everybody in general right and so it's it's 
it's yet again, I mean, I, I've said comforting, I feel like a bunch, but I, I think that the idea of comfort and, or even uncomfortable goes a long way or goes right along with the idea of being certain and uncertain. Well, that, that's what I, I guess that's what I mean is that I'm hopeful that what maybe if we sort of shift towards this concept of trust, that if we trust that it leaves more room for uncertainty, right? That it, that, that if, if what we're focused on is a faith that ends up being just a collection of beliefs, because beliefs can change. I mean, mm-hmm. we just talked about, you know, again, last week, the podcast on, on divine violence. I mean, if you were listening to me going through Deuteronomy 28 and Numbers, right. uh, you know, in Numbers 31 and, you know, some of the, the Canaanite genocide, some of these different things, those things can be extremely challenging to your faith if intellectually you have been taught a certain thing about God. Okay, God is like this. Okay, God is love, but God's also commanding you know, murder or like these things can cause uncertainty and inconsistency. And so the, the question is like, is there a way for you to maintain sort of this, this relationship, this trusting relationship as you work through these areas of uncertainty, I'm going to plug, uh, one of my Sunday school teachers who's, uh, who I still see, at least before COVID, I saw her a lot more, but I still see her. Okay, yeah. Miss Jeanette, shout out to you. I I, uh, um, I I know that you that you listen. Her favorite verse, her favorite verse, Proverbs three five and six. But it's so perfect right here, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Mm-hmm. So like I was saying, the trust seems to be coming from a place like yeah. deeper down and not up here. And if you had any doubt about that, the next clause, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not yeah. or don't rely on your own understanding. So you get even in the Old Testament, that's what I, I love the Old Testament because yeah, is there ridiculous stuff, violent stuff in there? Yes. We spent an hour and 10 minutes talking about that. We did in episode 12, but there are these gems here like this. It's like God knows or the, the inspired writer knows mm-hmm. that there is going to be a trust that we're going to hopefully develop so that the, that understanding it's the acknowledgement that our understanding may not always get us there. And I tell you what, if you think about the way that we have structured church, the way that sermons are the absolute centerpiece of the worship, right? The teaching, Mm -hmm. okay? And then what do we do before service? We have Bible school, right? It is all about head. It's all about understanding. It's all about propositions. It's all about learning scripture. It's all about um, the focus to me, is mostly in the head. And I'm not saying we shouldn't think about and understand, but isn't it interesting that what we get in script, if you actually read the scripture, Mm -hmm. the scripture is saying, trust the Lord with all your heart or or love God with all your heart. Yeah. All your mind too, but all your soul, all your strength. So the instruction that we're actually getting from scripture seems to be something different than just all of these intellectual ascents, believing the right things. Because as we know, 
um, just let's just keep it within Christianity for right now. Within Christendom, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who believe a lot of different things. In other words, their their intellectual furniture is in many different places. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I think the idea of um, certainty being or trust being here, right? The, the the heart and the head and, and how you know. yeah we're saying here on the pot you're oh, pointing yeah. towards your <laughs> you're pointing head. towards your abdomen and your <laughs> yeah this your is heart, heart chest chest area right yeah that's to your, probably to the, the Auburn sweatshirt yes, area War here. Eagle War Eagle um, <laughs> so we probably lost like thirty followers right all, just that all of just them, with that all thirty of them so anyway um uh, the I I think the idea of that is 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 profound but also um. I think that it shows. So um, here's an example. I have been to the DMV before, like a whole lot of people, right? And when I was at the DMV once, there was there's a big long line, and then one guy who's like I don't know, he's like five or six people in front of me, just says, hmm. and he just goes to another another like I don't know, like wherever the the people stand that are ready to serve right. you, right? And so he just goes to a different. I don't know. I'm just called say cashier at this point because I don't really know right. the actual term for it. But he goes to another one. There's nobody there, but he seemed real certain. Like he was like, "This is where I'm supposed to be." And he walked and he went straight there and he stood there and um, he didn't really do anything. Nobody was serving him. He was just standing there. But like all the people in front of me went and stood behind him, and I was like, "Good for me." And none of them got served the entire time. And we got through the line, and they just kept standing there. But this guy seemed so certain, ah, so I love sure, it. I love it that all these people just followed him there, right? And obviously, he led them down the path of destruction. That's the living effect, but right? Yeah, it exactly. And so, I, I one of the things that I that I that I was thinking about during this, you know, yet again looking inward is, and one, am I certain enough? Or do I exude the idea of certainty and trust enough that people are willing to follow what I am certain for or what I am certain about, which is God? And if I'm not, what do I need to change? All right. This is what I love. This is an example of what I love about this podcast. So your, your concept there is that, you know, there is something about certainty. There's something about certainty that draws people. Yeah. Right. Because that guy's like, man, I've got, I found the line. Yeah. I found the secret line that's going to get me out of the DMV. Yeah. And everybody else is like, man, that guy looks confident. Let's go. Yeah. But, and, and so your takeaway from that, which I, I'm, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with, I just want to no, take it in a no, little bit different direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Your, your takeaway from that is that, you know, am, do I exude that, that type of certainty? Yeah. Because I want people to follow me out of the DMV too. Sure. Like the pie, the DMV Pied Piper. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But I guess I sort of, uh, I'm just thinking about this from the dark side. Sure. Absolutely. But Darth Vader. there are also people who, who appear dead certain mm-hmm. and draw people unto themselves because of their dead certainty. Mm. And, I'm not sure that the certainty that they project is necessarily accurate. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, some have you ever met somebody that was sort of so adamant about something that you almost knew it had to be false? Well, yeah, his name is Roman McCutcheon. He was a high school student. 
Yeah. Well, or like, or another example, like on Facebook, like it's the people who are, I don't want to generalize. I guess I am. I'm way over generalizing. But the people who are the gushiest over oh. each other on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, don't want to prognosticate, but you know, it's kind of like, man, that's kind of over the top. Is something going on there? Like, are yeah, they having right? problems? No, absolutely. There's just like a truth to that, right? Mm-hmm. There's some truth to that. So I almost wonder what I would like to say is I'll tell you what, we could split people up. You be as certain as you could possibly be, <laughs> and I'm going to confess my uncertainty right. and my doubt and my questions, and then you know that way we'll have everybody covered. Because mm-hmm. I think, to me, I can just tell you to me, what has been powerful to me is when mentors in my life had have sat down with me, you know, we've had lunch, you know, we, we, we've just had time to talk. Usually people older than me with a little bit more experience um, and have said, man, you know, I this is really difficult for me or I'm having a hard time with this or I, I have a hard, you know, I struggle with this. Even if it's something that like maybe they think they're supposed to do or know they're supposed to do or, yeah. um, you know, something where I can, I can be like, oh, it's just, it's such a relief. I just breathe out. Yeah. When when I hear that, I just say thank you so much for acknowledging your humanity and in something that we have in common sure. that we both are uncertain mm-hmm. about about how to act in situations like that. Oh yeah. Well, and I I, I mean I want to make sure that the, you know the the whole idea of you know there are there are wolves in sheep's clothing is I mean beyond accurate. It happens more often than not unfortunately right. right and even even in the religious realm yeah and you right. and you and you, you got to be careful and you have to have you know there there's got to be some good mixture of i think head and heart there to be able to discern you know where you know maybe the the genuine you know sure. right and so but i i think for me i i agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying i and i'm I, I, I think the style of teaching that I have is that maybe I'm too honest about myself way too often. I talk about myself too much anyway, but like, th- I think you're too honest about being too honest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, but it's, it's true though. And, and so I, I want to make sure that I, that I think what I, what I want, especially with kids, right? I want them to know that I am 100% certain that there are times when I am also 100% uncertain. There we go. And, there we go. And, and That's cer- I love certain certainty of uncertainty at times. Yes. yes. This is the name of the podcast. Uh, name yeah. of the episode. But yeah. but but I think that that is one as as honest and genuine as I think people can get in moments. Right? Is when you can you can confess and be open about your shortcomings. And but 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 I I want to maybe it's not even necessarily a shortcoming. That's exactly I mean, what that, I was going to say. Okay, Absolutely, okay. is is that I think that we need to be able to maybe take that differently and say that that being uncertain isn't necessarily a shortcoming. It is a part of life, and that doesn't mean necessarily that it is bad. Maybe it's even a, you could say it's a natural progression of faith. It yeah. is a part of growing your faith. Right, and because we've seen that scripturally time and time and time again now obviously there are exceptions like job i wish i was like job i'm not like job i mean i i have no idea how job can do can go through that and and people can argue as to whether or not it's a real story or not whatever that's not the point the point is he lost basically everything and said no god's the best and i can you know 
spend too much money on gas and be like, come on, God, what's going on? And so, wow, that, that, that's yeah. where I'm at right now, right? And, and so I clearly have things I need to work on. I want people to know that. And, and I hope, and hopefully that gives them a certainty that like, well, you know, Roman doesn't have all this stuff together and that's okay because he's working on it. And we can work on it together. Well, it, it certainly is safer in the rearview mirror, right? It's safer to. I remember I used to go to these. Uh, I used to go, go to these men's retreats where um, out in the woods, there's always a fire. Absolutely right. And then there's there's Not manly without a fire. There's stories around the fire, and there's always the um, you know before I was a Christian stories around the fire. <laughs> um, but I did. I do. Uh, you know remember about those times where it's it's always sort of safer in the rearview mirror for people to tell stories about where their faith was 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 weak or, or broken or they were uncertain or they had doubts about this and that and and, and, and I've recovered from that now. You know, I'm past that now. I'm right. stronger. But I think maybe what we don't do nearly as well is in the midst of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Right? When you're when you're struggling with um you know, when you're struggling with your own beliefs, maybe when you're struggling uh, with, you know, what what sort of the the traditions or the beliefs of your church or your or, yeah. or of your family of origin mm-hmm. that you don't your beliefs don't line up, your beliefs have changed or evolved, or or maybe things have happened in your life that have opened up your eyes. Maybe you've been exposed to 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 friends with different backgrounds or, or other yeah. other Christians at the church. You 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 start to think about things differently. Um, so, so you can, this can happen in real time. This doesn't just happen, you know, around a campfire when you're telling stories about what happened, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, you know, what you mentioned something that, um, that I I wanted to come back to. And you said something about like a combination of head and heart. And I really like that because I don't want people to think when I'm trying to maybe turn the focus towards trust a little bit when we're talking about uncertainty, like a, a way that it's possible to maybe have a baseline trust yeah. at the same time that we're moving through certainty and uncertainty with respect to God or faith or spirituality. Um, I think about when I, about nine years ago, I had a really good job. I had a really stable job with a nice paycheck, right? Yeah. And my wife, Katie, wasn't working. I had uh, two boys I had a mortgage. I had two car payments. I think we had a bearded dragon. So I was supporting, Sweet. Um, you know, several dependents. Absolutely. And I decided to quit that job because I felt like it was just not sustainable yeah. for my future. You know, as my boys who at the time were like three and five or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, what the next sort of 10 years would look like. And I remember when I left that job without another job, mm. when I left that job, I was absolutely trusting. You might even say, you know, I had faith, but I would I would call it trust. And the reason why I would call it trust is because I did not have certainty about what would happen next. What the only thing I had certainty about is I had enough money in my bank account to continue to pay my mortgage for about six months. Yeah. That's all I knew for certain. Mm-hmm. But I trusted, but here's the head part. The head part is that it's not like I quit. And then just sort of like, you know, sat back and I don't know what I would have played at that point, whether it had been the Wii or whether it had been Xbox 360 or Game Boy Color. Game Game Boy. I don't know what it was. I I didn't just sit back and like do nothing. I put my brain to work. I mean, I and I had a plan, you know, I was going to start a business. I had a Mm -hmm. business partner. We're going to do something brand new. So I used my brain, but 
if I didn't have that trust sort of underlying all that, yeah. I'm not sure any of that would have played out in any kind of positive way. So, so it's almost like the trust allowed me to navigate the uncertainty. And I know that's a, you know, that's a career thing. That's a business thing. That's not necessarily a faith thing, but I see it. I see it as analogous to what it, I've also seen in my life as, you know, I've gotten hit sideways with just thunderstruck with, Oh man, you know, I, I've never focused on that scripture before, for instance, right. or I've never, nobody's ever engaged me from that point of view on, on that spiritual issue. Mm-hmm. And now like, What's going to have is is there some base note of trust that's going to help me process that uncertainty and maybe even um, and, and then I know I've been talking a whole lot I'm no, gonna kick it to you you're but good. but maybe even hold on to that uncertainty like that uncertainty is not just something to be overcome to move to certainty mm-hmm. but there's actually places in our mind where we can embrace and hold on to the uncertainty and sort of wrap it in trust. Yeah. Well, like it, to me, that kind of, it makes me think of what Paul's thorn in the flesh, right? And how it's there. And obviously he's not the biggest fan, but he lives with it and it helps him with humility. Right. And so, or I, I think it's something like that. And so he sort of translates that into like, he doesn't know why he pleads with God three times to take it away. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and maybe doesn't know why God would not do that other than to provide some humility. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think that the idea of uncertainty and, and, and maybe holding on to that for how, you know, however long or moments or, or you making sure that it's used for positivity in life, I think is important. But I, I think I also want to, you know, sort of be careful because I think we're, we're, we're starting to wrap up. And I think this is where we get into part two is the idea of, you know, how long do you want to hold on to uncertainty? When is the moving on point? What do you do when you are uncertain? Because I don't, I don't necessarily know that being uncertain is the most positive thing. I don't think it's an, it's the end of the world nor necessarily this really huge negative deal, but I do think it's something that requires, uh, I don't know if work is the right word, yeah, but, but work but, yeah, wrestling. But, but, Cause yeah. we're talking about doubt too, I think, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uncertainty. We're, we're really moving right straight into doubt. Like, well, uh, you know, I've been taught this thing or I've read this thing and I'm not sure it's true. Like, how do you work through that? Which like, like you said, like, do, do you, do you hold on to that? Do you have to get on the other side of it? So I agree. I would love to sort of head there next. Yeah. And so I, I think that as we, as we, you know, consider what we're going to be talking about next week, as we start to wrap up is the idea that, okay, when I am uncertain, and I am going to be uncertain about something, or I already am uncertain about something, how do I become certain? Because it, I think at moments it's okay. And I, and I tell kids in the youth group that it's okay to say, I don't know. If someone asks you a question about literally anything, but we'll, we'll keep it you know, biblically or spiritually or even about your faith, it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't think necessarily that it's okay to say, I don't know, and then do nothing. I think you, oh, need, yeah. I think yeah. you should say, I don't know, and then go try to figure it out. And so when you're uncertain, it's, it's okay. I'm uncertain. How do we become certain in, in, in whatever that, that is and, and whatever that transitions to? And that doesn't even necessarily mean that you need to come to the same conclusion as whoever asked you that question or that you have to, you know, conform to, you know, whatever your, your, your church says or your minister or, or whoever, right? It, it, or even mom and dad. And, and I say that very carefully because I think that that idea is not widely 
people don't like it very much. But but I, I think that the idea of finding your own faith is incredibly important. And, you know, parents need to be okay with kids asking questions respectfully, very respectfully. Well, the reality is, is there will be agents for when you're talking about kids. I mean, yeah. adults are adults and, and, you know, you sort of make your own decisions. But as kids grow, as they go to college, as they, as they leave the nest, as they separate, you know, they're going to run into people who are going to introduce yeah. uncertainty. Absolutely. Right. I thought maybe Roman, th- this would be a good, uh, an- another sort of good verse to end on. Sure. Um, because, because I mentioned children and the, the trust in children. You know, I think about Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 18, where, where he calls a child over to him and, you know, sort of bring, brings a child in the midst of them to all of his disciples. And he says, he says, look, truly, I tell you, unless you change mm. and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you'll never experience the kingdom of heaven. It's, it's not going to be real to you unless you become like a child. And that could mean you could take that a hundred different ways. But I think for our purposes tonight, one of the things I was, you know, points I was trying to make is that when it comes to trust, there's something about a childlike faith, a childlike trust where there's, there's not the same level of sort of mathematical understanding, mm-hmm. but there is still this trust. Yeah. And, and I think that's at least maybe one of the things that Jesus is talking about, but um, I'm excited to keep going next week yeah. and to go, you know, dig in a little deeper and maybe be a little bit more specific. Maybe we could talk each of us. Uh, won't put you on the spot now, no, right? right? For yeah. next week, you have a week to think about it, yeah. but um, you know, we could think about some of our own doubts and how we've processed those. And, and maybe for some, some, we have certainty on the other side of those doubts. And maybe for some, we're still holding on to uncertainty or, or we've come to peace with that and we're in a, a place of trust. So yeah. you want to go there next week? Does yeah, that absolutely. Sound good? I, th- I think that's going to be great. And, and um, you know, I... I love this. I love, I love, I love the idea of certainty and uncertainty and and how we can just be honest about it. And I'm looking forward to next week being able to be honest about our own doubts and because I think it's important for people to hear that, um, for, you know, whatever reason they are listening to us, which is fantastic. And we really appreciate it. And, um, you know, and, and, and I think that that is, I don't know, it gives us a platform for whatever that is. Right. And so the, the, the more honest and open we can be, I think, I think the better that is. Well, and I think, you know, encouraging people that even as you're working through, uh, what you believe, um, that you can still go on with life. It's okay. You can, you can still function, um, and you can still, uh, search. And so yeah, let's talk about that more next week. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, Hey, thank you guys so much for listening and being with us this week. Uh, we look forward to talking about more certainty and uncertainty next week. And, um, you guys have a blessed day.